Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 12, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're still in the forward to the second edition. We're going to be on page XIX, reading and commenting on the first two paragraphs. Now, today's readers are for the OA 12 steps would be Libby E. The 12 OA traditions will be Debbie K. And our readers of the text today will be Carmela G., Lisa B., and Kathy K. Now, the reference number for our special edition on yesterday, Sunday, December 11th, 2016, is 9348. That's 9348. We had six recovered compulsive overeaters bringing Chapter 8 to Wives Alive. Okay, um, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that the people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Libby E. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. I'm Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for the opportunity to do service. Pat. And thank you, Libby E. I will now ask Debbie Kay to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. Um, my name is Debbie Kay, a newly recovered compulsive overeater from Iowa. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, our groups should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you. And thank you, Debbie Kay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Now once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today we are going to continue our study in the big book on page XIX, and the first reader will be reading um, the first two paragraphs. So I will now ask Camilla. 
Kamala G. to please start reading. Good morning, Jan. Thank you very much. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for today. As we discovered the principles by which the individual alcoholic could live, so we had to evolve principles by which the AA groups and AA as a whole could survive and function effectively. It was thought that no alcoholic man or woman could be excluded from our society, that our leaders might serve but never govern, that each group was to be autonomous and that there was to be no professional class of therapy. There were to be no fees or dues. Our expenses were to be met by our own voluntary contributions. There was to be the least possible organization, even in our service centers. Our public relations were to be based upon attraction rather than promotion. It was decided that all members ought to be anonymous at the level of press, radio, TV, and films. And in no circumstances should we give endorsements, make alliances, or enter public controversies. This was the substance of AA's 12 traditions, which we stated in full which are stated in full on page 561 of this book. Though none of these principles had the force of rules or laws, they had become so widely accepted by 1950 that they were confirmed by our first international conference held at Cleveland. Today, the remarkable unity of AA is one of the greatest assets that our society has. Well, these traditions just support what I've heard on these lines, and I believe it was Holland that said the book was written by our divine creator, God. Humans were used as the facilitators, and God knows how humans are. We are all loved with our defects and our assets. And when we join this fellowship, we are all desperate. We are all egotistical. We are selfish, self-centered. We bring those defects with us. God knew that he was going to be helping thousands of people. And there were going to be thousands of us that were self-centered, egotistical, self-serving. The me, the me, the me. The I, I, I. And through these traditions, which help us live in society, like humble human beings, through these traditions, We are given a guideline to live and to put aside. In black and white, it says we cannot be out there on TV touting how wonderful the program is because we belong to it. The traditions give us this, and it is a gift to me to live in it every day, but only through our higher power 
do we know it, and do we have the ability to have the power to do it? Thank you so much for allowing me to do service. I pass. And thank you, Carmela G. Okay, we're going to start the group, and we're going to take our time, and we're going to uh, discuss comments on the first two paragraphs on page XIS. Nancy, um, this is Melissa. Yes. Shannon S. Okay, this is who I hear. Nancy R. Bella G. Um, I got two, two out of I don't know how many. Nancy R. Bella G. Who else? Melissa C. I think I heard Holland D. Holland G. I heard Melissa, and then I heard Tina S. Tina S. All right, let's go with that, and we have a a good hour here. So we'll we'll start with Nancy R. Please. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Nancy R. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive eater. And I'm really grateful for the principles by, it says principles by, by which individuals, individual alcoholics could live. So we had to evolve principles by which the group could uh, survive. And I cannot imagine how our fellowship could operate if we didn't have these uh, principles <clears throat> with a bunch of uh, egomaniacs in a, in a, in a room, self, a lot of self-centered my way of the highway people, uh, this fellowship would not have evolved. So I'm really grateful that they were able to develop uh, the 12 traditions. I just want to speak to one that I really have seen uh, in many groups misused, and that's uh, the principle of anonymity. Uh, it says we practice anonymity at the level of press, radio, tea, and films, not among each other. And... Um, uh, in in uh, some of the groups that I I'm only speaking of my experience and some of the groups that I have been involved in, uh, people, uh, pe- you know, people just don't, didn't want don't want to share anything, uh, who their sponsor is. Uh, I mean, everything is a big secret. If someone gets ill, you have no way of even contacting them if they're in the hospital because you don't know their last name. Um, so I, it's, it it states here very clearly that uh, we practice anonymity at the level of press, radio, TV, and films, not among each other. Uh, you know, personally, I don't care who knows I'm a compulsive overeater. This is just me. I don't care who knows it as long as I don't forget it. That's the most important thing. Um, and thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Nancy R. Okay, Bella G., it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. As we discover the principles by which the individual alcoholic could live, yes, thank you, God, that now I am in the program that has those principles that I can live. Because before the program, you know, I didn't even know that they are existence of these principles, of these beliefs, and I didn't live. Definitely I didn't live, not physically and not emotionally. I was very overweight, and I was, you know, I couldn't 
think that I want to be a part of society because I was jealous, I was angry, I was always in competition when always I was the loser. I was connected to my ego. I was connected to my ego and I believed that, you know, one day I will be perfect. Not only you. You know, I will be perfect. I was criticized. I was critical to myself and to others. I was a judgmental person. Thank you, thank you, God, that now I am in this program that leaves these principles. And yes, today I am connected to a loving, accepting power that loves me and accepts me. Yes, and today we are all the same. It's for every man and woman. It doesn't mean, you know, which religion are you, where do you live, how, what's your age, what is your economic situation. It's for everybody. You know, we are not here, the leaders are not here to govern. You know, it's not a competition service. It's not a competition society. We are all the same. We all have our character defects that we are trying to work on them one day at a time. It's not a jealousy. It's not, I am better than you, you are better than me. We are here all together to learn, to learn, to give and to get at the same time. We are all here to listen, to listen to each other, you know, you know, without blaming and judging. This is a kind of society that we can live. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella G. Okay, Holland G., it's your turn. Good morning. Can I be heard? It's Harlan G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. How are you? Can I be heard? You can be heard. All yes. right, thanks. Thanks for your service. Um, we have the big book that is written in 37 and 38 and published in April of 39. And most of the literature in AA, including the 12 and 12, was published in the 50s and the 60s. In the 1940s, AA was blowing apart. It was in its, pre, it was in its adolescent period, which was talked about last week. And AA was blowing itself apart. Um, and somebody said to Bill Wilson, if we're not careful, we're going to go the way of the Washingtonians. And Bill Wilson said, what are the Washingtonians? And the Washingtonian movement was a movement started by six alcoholics in a tavern in 1840 in Baltimore, Maryland, so named because Martha Washington, the first, first lady of the United States, was an alcoholic. As a matter of fact, there's a drying out hospital in Chicago on Irving Park and Western called Martha Washington Hospital. And originally, that was a place that treated drug addiction and alcoholism. Now it's just a hospital. I, I don't know now. I haven't actually been by there in many years. But anyway, the Washingtonians was not a spiritually based group to fight combating or to combat alcoholism. They relied upon each other. Well, what happened to the Washingtonians? They started getting embroiled in slavery. They started getting embroiled, not for it or against it, but should it be, should, you know, they, they, uh, arguing about it. Should Texas be admitted as a slave state or a free state? They got involved in all kinds of outside issues. 
They got involved in who got more press when they would speak. They got involved in controversies about money. They got involved in all sorts of controversies, and they became so thoroughly extinct that Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob never even heard of them. One of the most famous speeches that Abraham Lincoln ever gave was his speech to the Washingtonians in which he states, alcohol seems to do something for you fellas that it doesn't seem to do for folks like me. Even he got the fact of the effect. And the Washingtonians grew so meteorically and failed so miserably that we didn't want to go the way of the Washingtonians. And that is the birth of the traditions that we hold so dear today. So many, many people who failed serve as cautionary tales to us today to keep our society and our, individual, uh, our individuals going. And I agree with Nancy. We have taken anonymity to a, a, a ridiculous level in certain situations, but we do not want to waste the lesson, the very valuable lesson of the extinction of the Washingtonians, which is the which is the flashpoint, the emanation point of the excuse me of the traditions that we hold so dear today. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, Holland G. Okay, Melissa B. Melissa C. Good morning to you. It's your turn. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, you know, this disease doesn't discriminate, um, and so neither can our recovery groups. Um, we have to survive and function effectively. Um, we need to serve and not govern. Um, and that really, you know, jumped out at me because, um, you know, when when you're serving um, or when you're being served, you know, you're welcomed, you're supported, you're drawn in. And when you're governed over, um, you're constricted and you're ruled over and clearly set the power, you know. And so when I first came to OA, I was like, well, who's in charge here? You know, because um, I wanted to know who was in charge. Um, um, and, you know, there is no one in charge. There's no governors or rulers here. Um, and I think, you know, because... Although I was looking for someone to rule over me, I really wouldn't stand for it. You know, I, I to be ruled over, um, I can either submit, not happily and not for long, um, or I can rebel, you know, and that seems to be something that I've loved doing. And so it's really important that um, I'm not governed over. You know, and the other thing is that attraction, not promotion. You know, we're not selling anything. There's no profit here. Um you know, the only profit is my survival, you know, and um, I think about what it means to be attracted and attractive and um, makes me think about a magnet, you know, that we draw in um, the negative, you know, by being positive and we attract the suffering and the sick by being recovered and joyful. And, you know, so my charge um my charge is kept alive by a reliance on a, a source, a power much greater than me. And then I can be that um, that message of attraction by living the recovered life. And, you know, um, I'm so grateful that it's not 
that we're not having commercials and um, promotions because then the attention does something else. You know, it does for me anyway. Um, and that my attention has to be on this recovery program and not on necessarily me as the individual. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Okay, Tina S., you're up. Thanks, Janice. Tina S., compulsive anorexic in Florida. Well, some really good shares this morning. Thanks so much. You know, I like what it talks about. It says, as we discovered the principles, you know, and, you know, uh, a Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous has no rules, but the definition of principle is a law or a rule to be followed. And, you know, I love that it says that, you know, the individual has principles by which we could live, which are the 12 steps, and AA is a group. Uh, their principles are the 12, 12 traditions and the concepts. And, you know, one of the things that it, that it talks about, so we can live. You know, so we could survive, so and so that AA as a whole can function. And what does that mean? You know, uh, to, so that AA can have the desired result, which is the divine intervention of living one day at a time, from free from the bondage of self. You know, and that's why the traditions are here, so that so the group can survive, so they and I can survive and have an opportunity to live free. And um, you know, I also like you know one of the traditions, attraction rather than promotion. Because when I came here, you know, I wasn't listening, I was not listening to someone who was telling me what to do, you know, or trying to sell me something. I was sitting next to the person that I saw living this thing, you know, and uh, living free. And, and so that's what, what I love to say about that tradition. And, you know, and, and, and then it says, you know, the last thing that was read, and I, and I really, really love this, you know, and, and it, and it says that today the remarkable unity of AA is one of the greatest assets. You know, we're joined as a whole, and that's the asset that is passed along. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Tina S. Okay, we're ready to have another group. Who would like to be next? Next group. Larry. Wait, I heard, I heard Larry. And who are the Shannon S. Shannon S. Shannon S. Who was that? Kim G. I'm sorry, I'm not getting everybody. I heard Kim G. and Barbara D. Barbara D. Again, Charles H. Wait a minute. (laughs) All right, I heard Charles H. and I heard Sarah W. Let's go with that and then we'll continue again. We'll have enough time. Okay, Larry. Larry. Can I join? The wonderful parade? No, not yet. The next group. The next group. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, uh, Larry Kay, please go ahead. Okay, Janice, thanks. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, great. Um, Excuse me, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know what it strikes me with these paragraphs is just, I keep coming back to the notion of ego, you know, and... um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange phenomenon with us human beings, you know, where the ego reigns, you know, this, this, this fundamental notion of self. That's where trouble happens, at least for me it does, you know, which is, is kind of paradoxical because um, to a certain extent, you know, at least, you know, we're kind of raised to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and uh, just do it, you know, just get it done. And we are, you know, this is a program of action, so the self 
that's where we have to keep the self in check. And I think, I think in these paragraphs, you know, we're talking about the group as a whole. You know, you can't satisfy the ego. You can only feed its hunger. You know, with, with ego snacks and uh, life, you know, or, you know, thrills and chemicals and, but not just those substances. How about conceit? And anger, you know, where that permeates our group and gossip and judgmentalism, you know, purchases. That's, boy, that feeds my ego sometimes. And achievements, oh, just achievements. When I can become recovered, then I will stand tall, you know. I mean, it's, 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 it's really important as a group that we look at the self, you know. But shortly, you know, after these feedings of the ego, the ego returns so here we are, a program of subtraction, not tearing you down to feel like, you, you know, to make you feel less than. Oh, no, no. It's just reducing this notion of self for the greater good. And, you know, when we move from a, a self-centered existence, even, even with good intent, I often had good intent, but it was about me. When we move from a self-centered existence as an individual or as a group collectively, to a God-centered existence, or, if you will, an other-centered existence. When we do that, then we, we grow as a group, and we grow as individuals. You know, we have that other-centeredness. Food no longer becomes, I'm, not, I'm no longer fed by food. I no longer have a hole in my soul. Guess what? As a group, we can have a hole in our collective souls. So now we seek out the leader, the guru, the celebrity, Oh, I don't know about you. I look for that celebrity sponsor, you know, and uh, if you will. And, and you know what? <clears throat> Hopefully, when you get a hold of that, you know, your own perception of who that guru is, they'll, they'll let you know that it's not about them. It's about your relationship to your higher power. If, if they make it about them, then um, you can question. You can question where they are. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. And please, I apologize for anyone that I missed, but we'll do the best we can. Sharon S. is next. Is that right? Sharon X. S. Did you mean Shannon S.? I, oh, yes, I did. That's, that's I got to know. Shannon C. Is it Shannon? Okay. Whatever. Okay, Shannon, yep. please go ahead, Deb. Please go ahead. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's just a name. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Shannon F is in play. Um, the oh. one quote that really catches my mind today is, our public relations were to be based on attraction rather than promotion. I've definitely been guilty of this, where I've been the nauseating promoter. And we come across this in society all day long. People are bombarded with weight loss schemes and weight loss programs and diet pills and this and that. And it's all for companies trying to reach to grab a person to try and come fix themselves. And I have to be very cautious about am I copying that energy? Um, Am I trying to reach out to grab people to pull them into the rooms of OA? Because as soon as I reach out to people in that type of tone and manner to try and um, aggressively promote and attract people, 
then a lot of times the complete opposite can happen or it comes from a foundational level where it's just really faulty. So, I mean, the song in my head being the nauseating promoter in a way before I actually worked the steps to this level was look at me, I'm in recovery, just finished step three, come to OA, I'm in recovery, look at me, you got to come check this out, you got to do this, come look at the steps, this is great, come look at me. I mean, it was just so self-centered. Um, and what I came to find out, I, I, I asked God, like, how do you want me to go about attraction rather than promotion as me as an individual? And, you know, God was starting to say, like, what would it look like to attract from the heart rather than promote and to try and subtly manipulate people to come into the rooms of the way? Well, first, start looking at my own junk, which is look at my character defects, and start to be a living example of the program. So be a living example of how I'm a person of service rather than self-centered focus and control. And... Uh, you know, let go of trying to promote based on the weight loss aspect um, and just let people know that the way I'm living my life, you know, do I look like I'm living my life in a really crazy self-centered way or am I crazy for a good cause? Like there's a very big difference on Shannon that is crazy for a cause versus crazy from self-centered thinking. And when people see that enough, they're going to ask, well, what are you doing? And then that opens the opportunity to say, okay, this is attraction. This is what I'm doing for my life. And they can decide if it's right for them. Um, but let them have enough curiosity to be attracted to come into our bubble versus us try to race and rally and fishnet a bunch of people into LA. So um, that's just something that I've learned from my um, experience. And I'm grateful that these um, wise men and women figured this out. Um, and it really radiates into all areas of our life. Um, so that's the craziness that comes to my mind that I can share from today. Hopefully somebody got something out of it. So with that, I will pass. Thank you for being on the line, everybody. And thank you, Shannon. Okay, Kim G, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, the simplest way I've heard about the steps and the traditions and our, our concepts is that the steps prevent suicide, the traditions prevent homicide, and the concepts prevent genocide. You know, so I just want to share about three traditions that I kind of, um, my old ideas and, and what, what, what I don't look at what they aren't. Um, you know, we talk about here with Tradition 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radios, and film. You know, I always thought attraction meant, well, as long as I'm a size 6, then I'm attracting people to Overeaters Anonymous. But I have to tell you, when I was abstinent only, when I was white-knuckling it for many years, I would scream at the waiters because I had to have my food a certain way. I mean, being in a restaurant with a bunch of untreated compulsive overeaters is the most embarrassing thing I've ever experienced with us screaming at waiters. You know, telling people I can't go to that wedding, I can't go to that Christmas party, I can't go to that meeting because I can't be around food. That my my rage, because I could not, I, I had nowhere else to take the rage because I was just being abstinent. 
that's not a program of attraction. The attraction is recovery. The attraction is neutrality. The attraction is my ability to be contently absent in this world. You know, when we think about tradition too, where it says our leaders are the trust and servants, they do not govern. You know, the highest level in Overeaters Anonymous is a servant. You know, I don't know how many people know this, but the Jim Jones Kool-Aid guy, he found spirituality in the AA rooms in Oakland, California. And he obviously wanted to govern something. I think of Tradition 7, you know, with, with, um, with the fact that we're self-supporting. You know, AA at one point realized they were making a profit off the big book because they were selling a lot of big books to rehabs and non-AA members into bookstores. And you know what they did? They reduced the cost of the big book because they are self-supporting through their own contributions. I thought that was so brilliant. You know, Overeaters Anonymous, unfortunately, is totally dependent on nurture because we don't get enough donations from our needs. You know, I know for me and my inner group, we're totally dependent on fundraising. And my feeling is if we focus more on that fifth tradition, of our primary purpose being um, focused, I'm sorry, I'm very distracted by the background noise, I'm sorry. Um, if we focus on Tradition 5 with our primary purpose being on recovery, what will happen is we'll get more people in the room and therefore more seven traditions and we wouldn't be so dependent on literature and fundraisers. And I'm going to pass because I'm really distracted. Sorry. Bye. Uh, I'm sorry, too. Um, gentle reminder, okay, because when people are, you know, people are uh, sharing, it's very distracting. Perhaps you don't know that you're unmuted. So please, everyone, please, please, star one to mute your phone. Okay, our next, let's just wait till everybody mutes their phone, please. Until we have now, we have Barbara. I don't, didn't get your last your initial to your last name. Thank you. It's Barbara B., compulsive recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Good. Can Please I be heard? Yes, you okay, can. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm as I as I look at these days of uh, of the evolution and the growing periods of AA, I'm thinking to the parallel growth of OA, and remembering. The, this wonderful play that was written by the foundress, Roseanne, called The Caring Tie. And I remember when I saw it staged at a world convention, it was just such an eye-opener at how far we've come and, and what we've gone through. And as is said, you know, the only real mistake is one from which we learn nothing. So I thought of, oh, all that was learned from the mistakes. And she, for those of you who haven't seen that play or read it or heard it, um, she took... Broadway show tunes and did parodies of the show tunes and one of them was you know that they talk about here it shouldn't exclude anyone she didn't feel some of the members felt that they shouldn't include men it should just be OA should just be for women because of predominantly quote a women's disease so they felt and then they had a staging of part of it where there were there was complete lack of unity and there walking with placards, you know, no lemon in water and water with lemon and, you know, just all these things that were the growing pains of OA. So I look at the wonder uh, and God guiding AA through its growing pains and the, the constant history and need to continue growing 
uh, and going through the pains of growing in OA. So I'm very glad to, to have an honest look at that this morning. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you, Barbara. Okay, Charles, it is your turn. Charles H. Charles H., star one to one. Hi, you. Charles H. I'm here. Okay. I, good. You know, I, I just try to give that extra second. I, I've been stepping on moderators for a long time now. <laughs> Charles H., a recovered composable overeater. You know, I heard this um, from, from my good friend from Long Island, keynote speaker that locked, that locked it down. Perfectionism is the highest form of spiritual abuse. Charles, you ain't that important. And no one person in this group is that important. I don't care if you're a keynote speaker, you're a historian, you ain't that important. And that's what, that's what I find out. You know, um, passion without humility is communism. And last time I checked, this is a democratic, it's a democrat. We all, there's no special upper room in OA. Everybody, I don't care who you are, can have a seat at the captain's table because it don't cost nothing. All I need to do is surrender. And, 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 and we know that people are passion, passionate about this. This is a life-saving program, and we must give it back. If I was so important, I wouldn't have to be here. I wouldn't need anybody. I wouldn't need that newcomer. I wouldn't need um, the person I think they all that. I wouldn't need the person that got all the information. You know, you're right. Um, OA does need money to carry the message. So they come out with all these other books. And, 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 and the book sold out at, at, at World Convention. Anybody use it? Any success? Nah. You know, I was sick yesterday, and after I shared online, I went to a men's um, workshop. I was there all day, and it was some men, man. That It was like 50 men in the room. And to be, you know, I, I told the guy I didn't want to speak. I just wanted to listen and get phone numbers and, and give out phone numbers and carry this message. Because without those men, man, I'd be dead. I know it. I mean, there was men in there suffering, suffering. And, 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 you know, they were like, you know, I just told the truth. God shook the truth out of me. I ain't that important. No one person in OA is that important. But us together as a collective group, I'll close with this, um, Janice. I was on the line earlier to this meeting, and this, this, this brother is sick, man. This brother is sick. And thank God for that breakup. For this makeup right here, for this vision, from the coffee shop to the vision, came down to a, the message came down to a low-down, broke-down, crackhead addict like me that I can recover with all of you sisters. Well, I think I think you uh, we got we lost you, but it was good ending. Follow your sisters and brothers. Okay, thank you, Charles H. All right, we're going to go to uh, Sarah W. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. I love what was shared already. There's been so much. Um, thank you, uh, all of you, for your insight into what we've read. Um, the thought that comes to me about the traditions, um, you know, I too heard, you know, the steps are you know, for us not to kill ourselves and the traditions are for us not to kill each other. And I think it really is true. Uh, thank God for group consciences. And I was thinking about how important this is that we can bring this into any group that we're in. Um, that's what I have 
and somebody maybe isn't muted again. Um, but I think it's very important for us to, um, to remain right-sized. Um, as was alluded to, we're, we're all, um, you know, we've come from an insecure background and hence we feel like we have to build ourselves up and become puffed up like a big, you know, rooster. And, um, and what we get to do is, you know, even if we want to share, we need to take our turn in, in the meetings. Um, if you've ever been to an intergroup meeting or uh, district meeting or whatever, you know, you see how, uh, how the meeting is held that, you know, there are no leaders, that we are all um, part of this unified group that is looking to make it better. And I wanted to read the first... Um, tradition, because I think it's probably one of the most important to me, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. And as we know, there's been so many different factions, and I think it's created a lot of issues for a lot of people. But the thing I always say is I'm OA. You know, I'm not vision for you, OA. I'm not uh, 90 meetings. I'm, I'm a person, I'm, I'm a member of Overeaters Anonymous and grateful for that. I'm grateful for this meeting, but this meeting is a meeting. And the other thing I wanted to say is if we don't say right size, what's going to happen to us? I mean, you know, as, as was stated, the Washingtonians is a good example. And even, you know, Bill Wilson way back when, I mean, he was going to open all these facilities that were going to be Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, you know, they had to rein him in. So we all need to rein ourselves in. And remember that we are we are one of a group, one of many, and be grateful to be that, which I am. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Okay, and thank you. All right, we have about a few more minutes. Um, I'm just going to take about three. We have Raquel as being the first. Anybody else? Vasa O. Vasa O. And who else? Ripka. I don't know. Ripka, I think. Ripka. Okay, let's go with those three, and then we'll see what time we have. All right. Raquel, please, it's your turn. Raquel, Hello? 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 Can you hear me? I can. Thank you so much. Wow, what a wonderful meeting. Thank you. Thank you, all of my wonderful community, family that are there. I'm I have to share with you that it's my birthday of eight years of abstinence with a little bit of recovery, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing that God did this for me. Uh, December of 2008, I started a little bit before that going to NA because the AA, the OA message just didn't do it for me. I, I was in program for 30 years prior to that, and and, uh, and I lost and gained and lost and gained, abstinent, not abstinent. The most I ever had was nine months once a year. But this is just absolutely unbelievable that I can say that I have, that God has, has really released me of the passion for bread and for anything that chews similar to bread that is like, just unbelievable, and I, and because I don't have right now a computer, and I don't have a, an American line, I think I will have soon. Yesterday, a wonderful thing happened to me towards my birthday. 
I received a written letter in snail mail from somebody in our group who said, okay, so if I can't communicate with you differently, here is a snail mail letter, a beautiful letter. I, I just can't say any, any. I can't, I don't have words to say what this group means to me, what Vision for You means to me, and I really believe with my whole heart that we are really entering a, a new phase of OA, a new phase. Just what we were reading, that this adolescence that happened, to the growing pains, the growing pains that are happening. So now we're entering another phase, and it's very exciting for me. And what is most exciting is is that we can we can that I can transmit this message. A, a, an hour ago, somebody called me for a contribution to a soup kitchen, and she started by saying, I, I know you, and we haven't talked for two and a half years, and we tried to figure out where did we meet, where did we meet, was it an, an OA thing, was it a, a Holocaust survivor thing, we, we never managed to figure out, but she said, I know your voice, and you told me told me about some things about this program and and I've been thinking about you since then and I went through that operation she went through that bypass operation but I'm still you know going up and down and up and down and I really want to talk to you so you know God uh, yes I wrap up God just arranges things you know it's not a coincidence it's a God incident she decided to call me so we have the message, and, and I'm so so uh, excited about it that God makes it possible for me to uh, talk to people and tell them about this wonderful thing. So thank you all for being there. Thank you, Janice. And I guess have a wonderful, excellent day. Okay, thank you, Raquel. Remember, please, just another gentle reminder, please, star one to mute your phone, and we're commenting on the first two paragraphs on page X. I X and then Vasa O, oh, it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for your service, Janice. And I'm grateful. Recovering compulsive overeater, calling from uh, uh, from Florida, and uh, I have learned so much, and I have grown so much just since I've come to Overeaters Anonymous and worked the steps and. Uh, I did not know how sick and how broken I was till I came to my first meeting, and I've learned and grown even since then, you know. And I, I didn't know much about the character defects. I knew I had them. I thought that was normal, to, um, you know, to be selfish, self-centered, uh, self-serving, egotistic achievement, looking to achieve, um, you know, I did not know, but what I did know, I, I found out now, you know, as, um, as I've been working in 12 steps. And I remember hearing the 12 steps were not to kill ourselves and the 12 traditions not to kill someone else either, you know, out of my anger and resentment. And uh, I came to on my first meeting. I remember my first meeting I came to, and I was looking for the person that was in charge, and I thought the speaker was in charge of Overeaters Anonymous. You know, I'm here. I'm looking for the next person I went to to the next meeting, you know. 
And anyways, the traditions for me, I was more interested in working the 12 steps, putting the food down first, you know, and then I became a little bit later more interested in the traditions. And I wish I had them before I came to program as, uh, you know, in my own family as growing up or even in my own immediate family with husband, kids, children. And uh, I'm, it's amazing, you know, how the tra- traditions have helped me in my life um, to live life and to cooperate, you know. And anyways, I'm going to wrap it up. I know it's my time coming up. I used to listen to the traditions. I always made, you know, I stayed always backwards because I always af- was always afraid to make a mistake, let other people do, you know, the voting and everything. And then I would, you know, little by little I started participating in the traditions. Thank you for letting me and I pass. And thank you so much, Vasa O. Okay, our next speaker, Ripka K, I believe. Thank you so much, and thank you for giving service. And uh, good morning to all. Um, my name is Rivka A, and I am a recovering, recovered compulsive overeater from Israel. And I'd like to speak on the line that says it was thought that no alcoholic man or woman could be excluded from our society. Well, I have to say that a long time ago, uh, I think it was probably late 80s when I discovered OA. Um, I came in, had already dropped off the weight, wanted to look the part, be accepted, get the approval, get the rave and applause. And, uh, you know, I thought everything was good, except I didn't worry or think about any step work because I'm not about doing any homework. I wasn't interested. I had the diet mentality. So um, somebody asked me um, as I went along to be their sponsor. Who's sponsor? Okay, I can handle that. (laughs) You know, I know all about the food. I'm really experienced at that. So I took off somebody. What was I doing? Passing on the disease. I wasn't passing a message. I was passing the disease. I hadn't done steps. But I knew all about dieting. And this is how some people who don't understand, uh, you know, can be affected. Not only in the home, but in the group. And I'm so grateful that the traditions are stated as, you know, the principles, doing, knowing what the principles are, the principles for the individual as well as for the group, which is so valuable. And I'm glad that I've come back. I had to fall on my face because I was leading a person through the food and had no clue about anything else and how, how wrong, how sad that was. Uh, you know, it took what it took, but I wasn't excluded, and I'm, I'm back, and I am recovered, I'm helping others. I understand now because, as it says here, as we discovered the principles by which the individual alcoholic could live, so we had to evolve principles by which the AA group and AA as a whole could survive and function effectively. And, by the way, that person that I had taken through the food, um, I made amends to her. And she also she thought that she needed to make amends to us. But we're all healed. Uh, you know, we all are on the same plane. We're on the path together now and you know it's all about a process of learning and uh you know progress instead of perfection so with that i pass thank you for listening 
Have a great okay. day. This is Rip the A. Okay. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Rip the A. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Lisa. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Excuse me. My name is Lisa. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Mm-hmm.